I want to draw your attention this evening to that third verse of Hebrews chapter 2, where the writer to the Hebrews asks the question, the most important question, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I'm sure that one thing you have to notice as you live in this world is that man has a great and a terrible problem. We turn on the news in the morning and we immediately hear about that problem. If you go into any school in our land or in this world, you will find that problem. Go into any street, any place, anywhere, and you will find that problem. Go into any family, and you will see that man has a great problem. We think of the terrible situation in the Ukraine, and we see there something of the awful and devastating situation. And yet we look into our own hearts, and we find that we are born, Indeed, we are conceived with a serious problem. It is an awful, terrible problem that you and I are born with. And there will be no hope for us at all were it not for the unique remedy that has been provided by our great Creator, the great God of Heaven and the great God of Earth. And I want you to look with me tonight, first of all, at the vaccine for man's greatest problem. His greatest problem is the problem of sin. It is not the coronavirus. It is not necessarily terminal illness. Man's greatest problem is the problem of sin. I wonder if you've ever seen a beautiful sunset. And you get out your iPhone and you take a picture. But if you were asked to describe that sunset, you would find it very difficult to put it into words. And so it is with this great and wonderful solution that the great God of heaven and earth has provided, it is very difficult to put into words. For it is so wonderful, it is so amazing, it is so glorious, that you cannot picture it in words alone. Paul the Apostle put it a bit like this at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. He said, thanks be unto God for his inexpressible gift. And that word in the original language tells us simply this. It is something that cannot be put into words. But we need to look at it. And we need to try with all that we can with human words to look at this so great salvation. For it is a great salvation. For everything that comes from God is great. When God made this universe, it was wonderful. It was great because it came from a great God. The word great is a word that boys and girls often used today, don't you? 
That was great, wasn't it? Someone can give us something that we hadn't expected. That was great. And you know, this salvation is great. It is marvellous and it is amazing. When the coronavirus came in over three years ago, there was a doctor in South End called Dr. Zaidi. And he was a man who had great concern and great compassion for people. And he came out of retirement at the age of 76. And he came to the hospital to help in the hospital. And he was used to save many lives. And he had compassion. But he caught the virus. And he died of the virus in Southend Hospital. He came as a voluntary act. He came as a selfless act. He came as a compassionate act. But the result is that he caught it and died. Now my dear friends, I have to tell you tonight that that is a very poor, very poor illustration. But we have to remember what our Lord Jesus did he came as a voluntary act into this remarkable world, this awful world. But we need to remind ourselves too of where he was in heaven. In chapter 1 of Hebrews and verse 3 we read, Who being the br- in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This glorious person was the brightness of his glory. He was one who reflected the glory of God. And he was the express image of his person. And he was one who upheld all things by the word of his power. In verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 1, it says, But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. So all the angels of God knew what it was to worship the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then God says in verse 8 to the Son, Your throne, O God, is for ever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And then in verse 10 of chapter 1, You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. This is a remarkable person. This is the amazing person of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And he left all that. And he came as a voluntary act into this world. And he was born of the Virgin Mary. He came with great power. He showed great miracles. He touched the leper. Something that was totally unthinkable in the day. He dealt with that centurion's servant. He dealt with legion. He said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. 
He had power over his creation. In the midst of that storm, he said, peace, be still. And then he went to Calvary. That person that we have just read about in Hebrews chapter 1, as the great God-man went to Calvary, and there on Calvary's cross, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This salvation is great, because it came with great wisdom, It came because of a great person. But it came at great expense and at great cost. And the great cost was the sinless blood of Christ. The great cost was separation from the Father. It came through great difficulties. It is great because it has to do with the salvation of the most valuable thing that man possesses his never-dying soul. The Lord Jesus is not only great, but he is the greatest. He is the most wonderful and the most glorious Saviour. It is a complete and wonderful salvation. In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost, or to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. It is a complete and a wonderful salvation. Nothing can be added to it, and nothing taken from it. Many years ago, I was in Rabat in Morocco. And I was walking through Rabat. And there was a blind beggar man. He was terribly and awfully deformed. And I looked at him. And I felt sad. He was hoping that somebody would put some coins into his hand. In order that he might live for another day. And in the afternoon I went up to see the palace of the king of Morocco. And I had a guide with me and he said, look over there. He said, that's where the king lives. And I thought to myself, supposing that king came down to the streets of Abat and picked up that poor blind beggar man in all his need... and took him into his royal palace and took off his rags and cured him and adopted him into his family that would be wonderful and yet that's what this so great salvation does for men and women and boys and girls nothing can be added to it People think they can. They think they can add their good works. They think they can add their religious observance. But nothing can be added to it. And nothing taken away from it. 
There were no mistakes with this so great salvation. It is perfect and it is complete. When I came to the interview for Bible College, I went to see David Marshall, who was our principal at the Westminster Chapel in London. And we had the interview, and it all went very well, and David Marshall, being a humble man, he said, I like to think that we're all students here. He said, it's just that some of us have been on the road a bit longer than others. And I thought, all went really well. I hadn't made any mistakes. And then he said to me, by the way, Mr. Birch, at the end of the interview, I noticed a couple of spelling mistakes on your application form, and I think I'd better put you in the class, the English class for foreign students. A mistake. But no mistakes are made with God. Absolute perfection. It is complete. Everything you and I need. Forgiveness. It is full and free. Everyone needs it. Not charging wrong against us. The Lord Jesus taking the blame. A perfect righteousness, not our own, but a perfect righteousness placed to our account. The righteous life of Christ. It is a great salvation when you consider that this glorious God is infinitely holy and detests and abhors all sin because God and sin cannot mix. It is great because this holy God has provided that one remedy for sin in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is free. There was an old lady in South End called Alice Burley and she was a dear old soul and one day she had to go into hospital and I remember going to see her and she was smiling and she said, it's very good here, Pastor, she said, and it's all for free. So is salvation. It's all for free. Because of God's grace because of God's undeserved kindness. You know, we are told that when about the Lord Jesus in John 1.14 that he's full of grace and truth. Sometimes children are full of mischief, aren't they? The Lord Jesus is full of grace and truth. Sometimes children may be full of energy, but the Lord Jesus is full of grace and truth. What a great salvation. Have you come to realise it? Have you come to recognise it? Have you come to appreciate it? Have you come to glory in it? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? There is no way of escape. None whatsoever. Now we read about the terrible things that are going on in the Sudan. And people are finding a way of escape, aren't they? 
And when Russia invaded the Ukraine, people found a way of escape to get out of the country. But there will be no escape. And this is the implication of this verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? There won't be a way of escape. No escape. God has provided that wonderful remedy. Because he knew how wicked man had been and knew that God must punish sin. So out of pity Jesus said, he bear the punishment instead. Isn't that absolutely amazing? And yet one day, there will be no escape. No way out. On the day of judgment, there will be no second chance, no second possibility. For it is appointed unto men once to die. And after that, the judgment. How awful, how terrible that will be. For those who listen to the word of God, for those who knew what it was to be in a gospel church, for those who heard the truth, there will be no escape. You think of people desperately trying to get out of Sudan, of people desperately trying to get out of the Ukraine, but there will be no escape if you neglect so great salvation. It is because of neglect. Terrible and awful neglect. Now you can be saying tonight, that's a load of rubbish. That is what your sinful nature tells you to say. You can't be sure we take God at his word. Today, every day that you live without the Lord Jesus, it is a day of neglect. We neglect things because we can't be bothered. Boys and girls, sometimes you might not like a subject at school and you neglect the homework. You don't want to be bothered. You neglect things because you don't consider that they're important. Some people neglect their cars by not having a service done. Here is the most important thing of all. And this comes to you with great love and with great undeserved kindness and compassion it comes to you to answer your greatest need the worst problem that you will ever have it comes to you because it's free and it's available to all there are no exceptions for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord could be saved no, it doesn't say that. We'll be saved. If you go into hospital, there is a call button. And if you need a nurse, you press the button and the nurse comes. Your latest need is to call for salvation from sin in the person 
of the Lord Jesus. Have you ever called? Have you ever called out to him? Have you ever cried out to him? You need to. You need to. You may have heard this many times. And if you're a boy or girl, you've heard it in the home many times. But have you ever responded to the things of God? Have you ever responded to the gospel? Then every time you hear and you don't, you neglect. And I fear that there are those here who have neglected this. And they need to respond. You see, to neglect it is to show contempt for the grace and wisdom of God in providing a wonderful and an amazing Saviour. And if you die in this condition, you will spend eternity neglecting the fact that you had ever been born. And that you neglected so great salvation. It is a solemn and awful responsibility. What an awful day that will be when those who heard the truth in a gospel church and knew the way of salvation and knew the way of escape and knew the great God of heaven had provided a wonderful salvation centred upon his Son and never called awful and terrible it will be it's almost too awful for words the grace of the Lord Jesus is available to you tonight will you not come and will you not close with Christ you have this terrible disease it is awful. Sin is obnoxious to God. Sin incurs the wrath of God. But there's been a wonderful provision in the glorious person of the Lord Jesus. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. In order that people might not perish. But in order that people might know what it is to have eternal life. How many times, I wonder, have you been prayed for? Have you been pleaded with at the throne of grace that you would come to know this glorious person of the Lord Jesus? I know that some have in this place. Some young people have. But have you come to know him? Whom to know is life eternal. But I also want to say a word tonight to true believers. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Have you and I lost the wonder of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ? Here were these people who were in danger of going back to Judaism. And some of the most wonderful encouragements and the most terrible warnings are recorded here in the letter to the Hebrews. Are you a backslider? 
Are you a backslider? Well, are you in the things of God? Are you growing in grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? Do you know what it is to long for a closer walk with God, a calm and heavenly frame? Do you long for a greater knowledge of the Lord Jesus, a greater longing to be more conformed to his image? A greater awareness of the amazing deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free? Your salvation is not only something in the past and present, but also in the future. Do you know what it is to glory in Christ? And do you know long that the things of God might be more real and more precious and more wonderful and more glorious to you? Do you know what it is to know the amazing presence of Christ in your life? And if you're going through a time of great barrenness, you can't live with that barrenness. And there are times when, in the purposes of God, God withdraws a sense of his presence, but the true believer wants to long again for the renewed presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are called upon to go through trials and difficulties, Do you take God at his word? And are you aware that he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never, never leave you. I will never, never, never forsake you. A double negative and a treble negative. Florence Nightingale, that great Christian woman, in a bedroom in Sebastopol, there was a picture of all the terrible carnage of Sebastopol. And on the other side of the wall there was that great text, It is I, be not afraid. And when you're called upon to go through a great trial and great difficulty, as we all are, do you know what it is to rest in the pure word of God? And to rest in the promises of God. And to lay hold upon the truth of God. And if you're going through time of great difficulty, it is not a time to withdraw from the things of God, but to lay hold firmly upon the things of God. To lay firmly upon what you know, what you believe. And everyone look at your trouble, everyone look at your trouble, take ten looks at the glorious person of the Lord Jesus. And when you look out upon this terrible world with all of its insecurity and with all of its trouble, with all of its darkness, to be able to say because the grace of God it is well, it is well with my soul. Where are you tonight as you sit here? Are you longing for a closer walk with God? Are you longing that you might dwell more and more under the shadow of the Almighty? Are you longing that the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace? We should be longing and delighting and rejoicing in the wonder of spiritual things. As things that are unseen which are eternal might be greater realities to us.
We read in the book of Hosea, I will heal their backslidings. I will love them freely. And may it please God, if you are a backslider here tonight, to restore you. To restore you to communion with Christ. Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? And many a time have the Lord's people been graciously restored. Have the Lord's people been graciously brought back? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And therefore, my dear friend... Remind yourself of this so great salvation and pray that you might know a greater awareness of the reality of these things in your own heart and in your own experience. And that you might be more aware of the love of God being shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. We're to grow and we're to increase not just in our head knowledge, but the head knowledge has to be moved to the heart, the centre of the emotions, in order that we might be a people who are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And may those who are not believers here tonight become believers tonight. May those who have never seen of the things of Christ for themselves come to know Christ tonight as a present reality, close with Christ tonight. And perhaps there are those here who know themselves to be backsliders. Perhaps the things of earth have taken over. The things of time have taken over. Then may the things of Christ be precious and real again. And may you be able to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. What a glorious person is the person of the Lord Jesus. There will be no escape on that day. It will be an awful day, a terrible day for the unbeliever. Cry the screams and cries of the damned. It will be awful. And I pray that not one here tonight will know that. That everyone here tonight will know that we're all welcome into the kingdom of heaven. And may we who are believers know what it is to glory afresh in this so great salvation. Let us pray. <clears throat> o oh God in heaven, we will be still in your holy presence and remember who you are consuming fire and yet a God of amazing love and grace and mercy 
has provided so great salvation. Lord, those of us who are believers, help us to glory in it and to rejoice in it and delight in it and grow in knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. But, oh God, we tremble for those who don't know you. Young people, boys and girls, older people, Oh God, we plead with you that you will save them and bring them out of darkness into marvellous light. Lord God Almighty, Paul the Apostle said, Seeing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. May they be persuaded tonight to close with Christ. For Jesus' sake we ask it.